Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Miss Nelly, and she's a fellow podcaster like myself. We connected on Instagram. And today's episode, she's going to be telling us about her journey through uh, stillbirth. And Nellie is from Harlem, New York. She is a mental health advocate. She will also be launching her podcast, How Do I Explain This Shit to My Mom, uh, <laughs> next <laughs> month and later in January, uh, specifically around the 23rd of January. So you guys can check her out um, next month. And let's see, we're going to go right into it, Nellie. Just, I guess, start from the beginning. So how did it all how did your journey begin to conceiving? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be a part of your project. I'm really, really thankful for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, well, with me, it started like right before the, I turned 30. I was actually 29 years old when I got the big news. Um, my boyfriend and I, we were together for almost five years. And towards the end of our relationship is when I we realized that I was pregnant. Okay. Um, at the time, um, it was very difficult because he wasn't working. I was the only one actually providing. Um, I was working my ass off mm. and it was, it was crazy. Um, at the time we felt that it wasn't really the, the right time to do it. And we made it all the way to the abortion clinic. I'm not going to lie to you. Wow. We made it there. Uh, when I got there, I was really nervous. He was with me. Um, the reason why I didn't do it was because, unfortunately, the nurse at the time, and fortunately at the same time, she wasn't supposed to tell me that I was having twins. Mm. And she's like, she's like doing the sonogram, and she's like, she's like, oh wow, you you you're my first twin today. And I was like, what? what? And I. I just froze. I was like, what, what, what were you saying? She's like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't supposed to say that. Oh, my mom. And I was like, oh, no, I'm out of here. So yeah. I go to the, I open the door. I go to the hallway and I see him there waiting for me. And I said, we're out of here. And I'm super excited. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what happened? He's like, did we win something? Like, why are you, like, why are you so happy? And I was like, we're having twins. And he was like, no. I'm like, yes, we are. Really? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, let's get out of here. And wow. we just ran out of there. But before all that happened, I called my mother. And I was in the bathroom. I was like, hey, can I use the bathroom real quick? And she's like, um, well, we're about to get started. I was like, I know, I know, I know. But I really have to use the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom. I sneak my phone in. I call my mom because I didn't even tell her that I was pregnant. Okay. I called my, I called my mom and I was like, Ma, listen, I got something to tell you. And I was stuttering, sweating, all, whatever you can. Yeah. I, was, I thought I was going to throw up. Oh my and gosh. he was like, just fill it. Just tell me what it is. And I was like, Ma, um, I'm pregnant. And she starts being so excited. She's like, oh, my God, oh my God, I'm so happy. And I'm like, Are, you're happy? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> um, Ma, I, don't, I, I thought you weren't going to be happy. He's like, why not? He's like, oh, because, you know, Omar doesn't work. And, and I'm, I'm not, like, we're not where we're supposed to be right now. Like, I still have so many plans for myself. And she's like, well, rice and beans will never go, will never go missing in the house. So you don't have to worry about mm. that. And I was like, okay, my butt. Okay. Okay. And then I was just like, um, she's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in the abortion clinic. And she's like, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> and I was like, like, seriously, it's right away. She's like, get out of there. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, I'll call you back. I'll call you back and I'll let you know what I did. And then that's when they told me that I, I had twins. And then I called her back. 
I was like, mm-hmm. Mom, um, will, will, will there be enough rice and beans for another baby? And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm having twins. So she started crying on the phone. Oh, my God, we're having twins. Ah! And I was, like, so excited about it. My family was excited about it. Everybody was excited about it. I was scared shitless, though. Yeah. I was like, what? At the time, I lived in Harlem, New York. We were living in the projects. We were, I was in a four-story walk-up. Mm-hmm. I was like, how, like, every nightmare that I had every single day was that I, I dropped the baby down the stairs. It was yeah. like a nightmare every yeah. single day. I was like, how am I going to use the stroller in the train station? How am I going to get I... on a bus? Like, this is the kind of shit that I was thinking about. Not even, like, being a mom to two babies. It was just like, oh, my God, how am I going to get around the city? That's yeah. what I thought about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's so that's real though. That's real. That's yeah. That's real because you know it was just it was a it was a surprise. So you're thinking about everything that could possibly go wrong at the time, you know, concerning the babies after they were they were, you know, gonna be born and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I get it. I definitely get it. So like what was going <laughs> so what transpired afterwards? Um, tell me a little bit about the pregnancy in itself. Did you have like any complications or anything like that? So I used to work in a retail environment at the time. So I was standing up all day. And okay. when I reached to four and a half months, my mm-hmm. doctor was like, Hey, you know, your babies are a little bigger than, you know, that we anticipated. And they're putting, they're putting heavy weight on, on you. So I, he suggested bed rest. Mm. And I was like, wow, I wasn't thinking about going to bed rest so early. So at four and a half months, he sent me to bed. Mm-hmm. When I made it home and I was in bed rest, um, I changed my whole diet. I it, It's like something came over me, mm-hmm. like right away, like, oh my God, I'm going to be a mom and I prepared. Yeah. yeah. Started, started reading books, started eating better. And at four and a half months, I, um, I remember going to the doctor and just to do like a, a regular checkup. And the doctor was like, hey, we, you know, we found some sort of infection. And, you know, it's your, she said it was opening. She's like, your uterus is opening or something like that. She told me, I, I don't know the terminology too much. Okay. And I was just like, what, what are you, what are you, what are you saying? And she's like, yeah, you know, we found a little, a little bit of a, of an infection. It's nothing, no big deal. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to keep an eye on it. So we're going to see you every week instead mm-hmm. of every month or something like that. And I was like, okay. I, she sent me home. And when I arrived home the next day, I started getting fevers. Mm. And I, you know, and I know that whenever you have a fever, that means that the, there is an infection. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's spreading. Mm-hmm. So it just so happened the next day, and this is in February in New York City. So you already know it's freaking cold. Freezing. There was, yes. There was a freaking blizzard. Oh, my God. And. And it was crazy. And that, and I believe in, I don't believe, I'm not going to tell you that I believe in ghosts, but I do believe in spirits. Yeah. And my grandmother at the time, she was a very strong person in my life that I, I admire, I love. And for some reason, I was laying in bed. And the first thing in the morning was like, maybe like eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I picture my grandmother at the door. Mm. And, and this piece of, like, this piece came over me. And at the same time, I was scared shitless. Yeah. I was like, yo, what is happening? And I started getting fevers and it was stronger. And it was like, I believe I was up to like 102. Wow. 103 and let me tell you what happened. I called the nurse and I said, hey, I got a fever. She's like, did you get your flu shot? I was like, uh, what does that have to do with anything? She's right, like, right. Um, 
yeah, what does that have to do with anything? And she was like, well, you know, it's probably just a minor cold. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm mimicking her voice because it annoyed me at the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, what do you, what should I do? And she's like, take some baby Tylenol mm-hmm. and call me back in two hours. Okay. Um, I took the baby Tylenol. My fever went up to 103 from 101 wow. to like 103. So I said, hey, I'm calling you back. My fever went back up. I don't know what to do. She's like, come to the, come to the hospital. Yeah. Um, it was a blizzard at the time in New York city. This is 2013. And, um, we couldn't like catch a cab. We couldn't get around all the train stations, the bus, everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. We were not far from the hospital, but we were not close either. And my mom freaking out. She went outside trying to hail anybody that has a car and was passing by to see if they can spare and give us a ride. And I'm there pregnant, waiting on the side of a car, as knowing it's blizzard. And my mom is like, please, please, my daughter's pregnant. Can, can And then somebody actually stopped. That person's like, take my cap. Go, go. Wow. Angels in disguise. That's what I like to call them. I, I, I believe it. I get to the hospital and I'm still chilling like, okay, I mean, this is nothing. This is a little fever, nothing crazy. Because I felt fine. I just had a fever. Yeah, that's, 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 felt, that's but, wonderful. Because if you had to like passed out or something like that, oh my God, your boyfriend at the time would have like had a fit. He wouldn't have known what to do. He was far away from me at the time. So it was, was just he? my okay. mom and I. Okay. And okay. He, was, he, was, he was trying to get to me too because of the blizzard. Yeah. So yeah. it was just my mom and I, my brothers and sisters were far away too. Nobody was around. This was my mom and I. Wow. When I get there, the nurse is like, okay, honey, are you, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm chilling. Like, I'm reading a magazine. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. My mom is like freaking out. And I'm like, nah, you're gonna, we're going to be fine. Like, sit down. Yeah. yeah. And w- we get there and they start like, you know, examining me and everything. And then next, you know, from one doctor, there were two doctors. From two doctors, there was like three doctors, and nobody was telling me anything. And next thing you know, there was like five doctors, and there was like nurses everywhere. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I demand mm-hmm. somebody tell me what's going on. And somebody just grabbed me and said, hey, honey, this is what's happening. Your infection is spreading. Uh, we have to take the babies out now and save wow. your life. Just like that. Just wow. Emergency. Like did they, did they uh, do an emergency C-section on you? Ma'am, I wish they did, Monique. I gave birth. Did you? Uh, I did. I gave birth at midnight, and it was twin girls. Um, I gave birth to Zoe at midnight, uh, 12.03 a.m., and I gave birth to Penelope at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. And you said you were four Um, months at the time? I just turned five months. The the night before, it was the next day, was going to be my fifth month. Yes, yeah, so and wow, wow, uh, and I had a huge belly. Like you would have thought I was nine months already. But you know that's so common with twin pregnancies. And then you, you don't um, from your Instagram pages, you don't appear to be like super tall. You know, so no. So no, I can imagine. I'm, like, I'm yeah. five three and a half. <laughs> right. So you're right around my height. I'm five four. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I can't play basketball together though. <laughs> wow. Oh and- yeah, but the, and it was so crazy because they were like, um, "Yeah, we're gonna have to remove your baby," and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Not that's not gonna happen. Save my save my babies and don't worry about me." 
My family was, my family eventually got there and they were all like, no, we got to save you. And I was like, nope. And that was the first time in my life that I can honestly tell you that I had not one ounce of selfishness in my life. Like I was completely selfless. Yeah. I said to my, I was like, don't worry about me. Take care of them. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if I die, that's God's, that's God's wish. Like I believe in a higher power. Yeah, and I was absolutely. like, don't worry about it. And they were like, and then the doctor kind of almost smacked me around. I was like, listen, let me tell you something. And kept it all the way real with me. Yeah. And it was like, let me tell you what's going to happen. She's from New York. And, and the doctor was like somebody that grew up in my neighborhood. So she had a little swag to her. She's like, yeah, let me tell you yeah. what's going to happen, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can only like, imagine. I'm gonna, like she kept it real. And with her, I listened. Everybody yeah. else was all Caucasians. They were all white and Jewish. And she was the only one that was like Dominican, just like me. So and you felt like, comfortable. Yeah. Okay. I felt comfortable with her. And she said, let me tell you what's going to happen. Right now, your, your cervix has an infection. And it's the infection is spreading. And that's why your, your fever, it keeps going up. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is if we don't take these babies out right now, you're going to die with them. Oh, no. And I was like, okay, 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 I got it. And I was just like, and then I, I, like, maybe 30 minutes late, I was like, but, you know, miracles happen. Miracles happen. They're like, no, honey, this is not going to, this is not, they're going to, if you give birth to them and we try to save them, they're going to have a lot of complications and you don't want to do that to them. They're going to be blind. They probably have, you know, they're going to be with Down syndrome. They're going to have a problem. You sure you want to bring them into the life? I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because in your mind, you already had love for them. You know what I mean? Your unconditional I, love as a mother was already there, had been there. Yeah. I adored I them. I adored them. Yeah. And then when they gave me the epidural, they were like, hey, what's going to happen is too, is too, like, it's too late for us to do like a C-section or give you a pill mm-hmm. or anything like that. So they were like, you're going to have to give birth naturally. Goodness gracious. And I, and I begged them, like, please don't, don't make me do this let me not have this experience. Please don't put this in my head. Like, please don't do this to me. And they're like, honey, we have no choice. This is the only way. Wow. And they gave me an epidural. And unfortunately, because of the infection that I had, the mm-hmm. epidural didn't work. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it. I, it didn't work. It numbed probably my toes. And like my, I felt it a little bit on my thighs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But everything else I felt. Everything. Wow. I felt everything. And they were like, they were like, well, unfortunately, you're not taking that door. We cannot give you one more. We can't, we can't do that to you. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, we just, my whole entire family was in the delivery room with me because we were at Presbyterian Hospital in New York. Shout out to them. They were awesome. And they, we had a big suite. So my cousins were there. My yeah, best friends yeah. were there. My mom, my, my uncle, my aunt, everybody was there. Yeah, and yeah. I gave birth, I gave birth tiny. Mm. to at midnight and then we waited and I pushed and pushed and pushed and then Penelope came at 3 30 in the morning wow wow <sighs> she came quite a bit after her sister yeah goodness yeah. And, and one and one was bigger than the other and yeah. I was able to see them I was able to hold them mm. um I and then I I kid you not I saw my grandmother again and I was mm, like, why is my grandmother here? And I really do feel like she's my guardian angel. I really generally do feel Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Because you had seen her earlier in the morning or afternoon mm-hmm. time. 
and she gave she came to bring you peace and she came to bring you strength because lord you know who knows how you would have reacted without that first experience before anything even transpired you know with your fever and everything because when you saw her earlier in the morning did you have your fever then did you know you had a fever then I didn't know until exactly. until my mom was like, my mom got was like, oh, you want some breakfast? And I was like, ma, I don't really feel well. Okay. And that's when my, she's like, let me check here real quick. And then that's when we found out I, I had a fever. Wow. And wow. and and after that, it just was crazy to me. I was yeah. angry. I was sad. I was miserable. At one point, I felt very cheated out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All I remember after that was just really like a lot of light because they put me in this like surgery room yeah. I was in intensive care for about a day and a half um because they needed to make sure that I had no more of that infection in my body right um so I, I was in evaluation there and I stayed there for about six days that's good though because if you had had any tissue left from the uterus you would have had to have a dnc and you would have been hemorrhaging so that yeah they were on it then that's wonderful oh. yeah Yes, but the only thing that I didn't appreciate was like, hey, the night, the day before, I just came from a, a doctor's appointment. Right. How come this happens the day after? And how come you sent me home? Why didn't you just kept me in the hospital and to make sure that I was fine? And then after 24 hours, sent me home. But that didn't happen. So I was yeah. very angry. Yeah. I was very, very angry. Yeah. Because you felt and, like it could have been know, prevented. Yeah. 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 And you yeah. feel that way. Yeah. And when when I asked her, I was like, am I able to have kids again? And, you know, I was very petrified to even ask the question because I didn't want to know. I was like, oh, yeah, yep, I, yep, I get it. Yep. I don't want to know. And she was like, yeah. But unfortunately, it's like she was like, you have a 70 percent chance of having twins again. And I was like so happy. I was like, oh, thank goodness. And then she popped the bubble again. And she said, um, unfortunately, because we realized that you cannot, your body can't take twins again because this happened once, it's going to happen again. Mm. I was like, you don't know that. You don't know that. She's like, no, I do know that. And she's like, so you're going to have to, if I do become pregnant again, mm -hmm. if it, it is twins, I will have to abort one of them. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to pray that, that if you ever happen to get pregnant with twins again, that both of them will survive and you will survive and your whole family mm -hmm. will survive. You know what I mean? Thank because, you. you know, it, that life is all about hope, you know, and if we, because you can, I'd imagine you were in depression and had um, postpartum uh, depression afterwards, didn't you? After losing the babies and everything it was, for a while. It was so weird. It was, it was like, at first I didn't feel anything. I didn't understand. I was just like, oh, I'm okay. And then like two days later, I, I was crying miserably because I had milk and I had to pump. Yeah. And. I had to do everything that a, a new a new mother had to experience mm -hmm. without the baby, mm -hmm. and it was probably the most satisfying in my life. Mm -hmm. And I I was just like, oh my goodness, like this shit is crazy. Like what the fuck? Like why am I going through this shit? Yeah. And I I was angry as well because the way that my family took it was mm -hmm. like like nothing happened. Like they didn't, they were afraid to talk about it. And I was just like, yo, we're not going to pretend like this didn't happen. Like, let's talk about it. I already painted the room. I already have all these clothes. I already, like, what are we going to do with this? And they were like, everything's going to be fine. And they were returning things. And I took six months off work. And I was like, listen, because I always been the life of the party. Mm -hmm. I always been a fun girl. I always been, you know, just my personality was everything. And I wasn't myself anymore. So I was like, I can't, I can't lose myself. So I put myself in therapy. Awesome. I, you know, was highly recommended. 
I went to therapy and then I started doing yoga. I started biking. I started mm -hmm. running. And my friends were amazing. They were so supportive. They would come with me riding bikes. Next thing you know, it was like two of us. There was four. And there was six. And yeah. it was like 12. We were like a gang in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, and yeah. They were and they were just there just for support, just to be there with me. That's amazing. And I appreciate that with everything in me. So happy. And here's the crazy part. After this happened, and six months later, I kind of recuperated. I was feeling like myself again. I decided to go back to work. I go back to work. Everybody's, you know, kind of reminding me, like, where are the babies? Where are the pictures? Mm. And I didn't want to share my story yet. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll send you one later. It was, it, you know, I was lying. And it, yeah. I didn't feel right to me. I didn't feel right. I didn't mm -mm. feel right. Mm -mm. But then, like, three months into me working again, and I was miserable like shit, um, I received news that I got promoted. Mm -hmm. And they relocated me. So from New York, they offered me a job opportunity to be, I am um, a sales trainer currently. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, we're going to send you to Miami to train new hires X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is great. And let me tell you something. I knew that my relationship was over because I signed the papers and, 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 and decided on my salary and, and all that shit without even consulting with my boyfriend at the time. Okay. Okay. That's how you know that your relationship is over. I'm making this. Yeah, you made the decision without, without you. considering. Yeah. 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 He, he, of course, he was highly upset, mm -hmm. um, but it was something that I felt like I had to do alone. And yeah. I knew that it was time for us to go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And I went to Miami. Um, I stayed there for about a year working. And at first it was really, I believe that trip changed me completely because I, I was avoiding what just happened. And then in Miami, I had no choice but to face it because I was by myself. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. that's deep that's deep I had no I had no choice to face mm -hmm. it I was crying miserably mm -hmm. like I never cried before each and every day every night but then I will go to work and I'm bubbly and I'm fine and as soon as I got home I was miserable and I didn't know where this was coming from and then I was like okay I never really healed I never really gone through this the grief of it yeah I always had so many people around mm -hmm. me that didn't allow mm -hmm. me to be like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It was good because even though, even though every day, everyone was, was very supportive of your process and you had gone to therapy to deal with your grief, um, even if it was just a little bit and not wholly at the time, because let's face it, at the end of the day, it's something that you will never quite get over, but you will learn to live with. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. When you were in my, this is what I wanted to ask you. When you were in Miami, because you said that you felt like you hadn't, you got to a point where you felt like you were running from the last part or some parts of your grief that you hadn't dealt with yet. Yeah. And you said that you left um, New York without your long-term partner and you guys broke up. Do you feel like, and I do, I'm not saying it like the twins' death was to push you in any direction, but do you feel like because of their death, it got you out of a relationship that was to toxic or just wasn't good for you? And it, and, and, and it pushed you a little bit into nudging you into leaving a relationship you know wasn't really that great for you in the first place. I feel like you know me because that's exactly what happened. 
Okay. I knew that our, I knew our relationship wasn't the right relationship. We loved each other very, very much. But just because we loved each other doesn't mean we needed to be together. And it, it, I, I realized that, that he wasn't the partner for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt that this, what just transpired, we were there for each other because he also experienced a loss. So I, I was very aware of that. Exactly. exactly. So we comforted each other. But I just knew that I needed to separate myself from actually everyone, even my family. And this fell on my lap. And I was like, I can't, I cannot say no to this opportunity. I need to go. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I took it as a rebirth. Like, I'm going to go over there, become the woman that I'm supposed to be. I'm going to be in a new city, new state, be away, almost, a, almost 2,000 miles away from my family and friends. And I'm just going to have to fence for myself. I'm already, and I just turned 30 years old. Wow. I actually celebrated my birthday at the hotel lobby when I first arrived. Mm-hmm. And I turned 30, and it was like, wow, I'm in a new state. I'm by myself. I just got this new promotion with my career. Shit was popping for me. I was like, right. you should be happy. Yeah. You should yeah. be happy. And I took it as that. I was just like, I'm going to learn. I'm, and, you know, when I was in Miami, I was so sad during the night that I also put myself in therapy over there because I was like, okay, I got to go back to therapy. I got to talk to somebody about this. You know, I met someone else that, you know, was my everything at the time. I thought I was generally in love and we were together and he didn't know how to handle my nighttime sad Nelly. He knew how to handle the daytime one that Mm -hmm. was at work, was busy. He didn't know how to handle that. So it was very difficult in the new relationship because Mm -hmm. he didn't have no idea what I just experienced, especially me coming from New York. He lived in Miami. It was like two different worlds. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. And then, and then, boom! Another opportunity landed again, and they were like, "Hey, we got, we're gonna promote you again," because I was doing phenomenal, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "We're gonna promote you again," and they sent me to Virginia. Gotcha. And they're like, "Oh, we want you to, we want you to take care of the Virginia, DC, and Maryland market. Mm. And are you available?" I kept saying, "No, no, 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 no." I was like, "What the hell am I gonna do in Virginia?" <laughs> like, like mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> No shakes of Virginia, but I was just, I just picture in my head country and like. Yeah, you didn't know, know if you were going to be close to D.C. or not. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea because I'd never been out here like that ever. Um, and then I was just like, okay. And then I was in a relationship, but I was like, damn, I'm going to leave this guy again. Like, what's wrong with me? What, what am I running away from? And he decided to come with me, and then he changed his mind. Mm. And, and I was devastated. Because I thought I was going to be with someone. I already had our perfect um, apartment that we all, we both kind of pictured in our heads. And I made it into a reality. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is everything I wanted. And boom, he leaves me by myself in Virginia. And I just was like, I felt the abandonment. And all those feelings came back again. And I was like, if I had my daughters, this would have never happened. I started oh, thinking like that. Goodness, yeah, I started thinking yeah. like that. Yeah. And all that therapy money went down the went down the drain again. But oh, not necessarily, Nelly, because you were still highly functioning, you know, in other parts yeah. of your life. You know, it was just that it takes so much time. Like losing a baby, oh, it just takes so much time. It's something yeah. that I have never experienced, but I can only imagine and watching other people who have um, very few people that I know have lost infants like that. But it takes such a long time. And death in itself is just hard you know what I'm you know what I mean so 
you, you were high functioning. You were high functioning depressed um, type uh, personality type. Yeah. And, and I didn't know exactly what that was mm-hmm. until like, until I actually started like doing a little bit more research because I was tired of being sad all the time and being anxious and, and just and having these reoccurring dreams of the whole thing going down all over again. It just kept replaying for me. And I was just like, yo, like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to function? And I was just like, listen, you're by yourself. You just got to get over it. You got to figure something out. And I just started, I stopped feeling sorry for myself. That's really what it was. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I stopped feeling sorry for myself. I was like, let's 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 think about the good things. You got promoted twice. You you don't have the education because I can't tell you I went to college. I didn't. And that's yet, okay. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here at the table with with directors and vice presidents and shit like that. And I'm like, look at this. Look what you have done. Look what you accomplished. And right. Your exactly. Your daughters will be so proud. Yep. And then you know what? It's I'm I'm finding with the podcast and a lot of the people that are connecting with me and that I'm connecting with, like how we connected on Instagram, the stories that uh, the you know fertility, infertility, infant loss, and miscarriages and stillbirths that they've experienced. I'm finding that a lot of people are finding purpose and passion after you know the loss, and I think that's so so powerful because a lot of people go through life with loss and tragedies and they become stuck they just continue to be what they've always done and not step out into something greater and allow their pain to push them into purpose because it's one thing to to deal with your pain and to grieve and continue on with life but then there's a no there's a whole other level where you can allow it to push you into purpose to help other others and serve others in a way that you wish that somebody had been able to do it for you so i think that's really powerful and for you to climb the ladder like that at your um the company that you work for it's awesome and you your girls are shining down with you and, and I think that they're propelling you, you know, and they're helping you to get through it because at the end of the day, you're still a mom. It's just that your babies yeah. are no longer here. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's how I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you said that because not a lot of people, not a lot of people identify that, you know, I, during, during that, I also joined like support groups and I'm going to be honest with you and no shade to everybody that joined support groups for some people, it works very well for me. It didn't. I actually became even more sad in support groups because people's stories were way worse than mine. And I was like, oh, shit, like, I got to get out of here. Like, like, I'm so sorry you experienced that. I just wanted to hug everybody. And I just thought that right. my experience mm-hmm. was so little and so small compared to what other people were experiencing that it made me super fucking sad. I was like, like, and I felt guilty for being so sad when these women have experienced multiple losses multiple near-death experiences you know and it like I was just like oh my god but when I started praying more started going therapy started stop feeling sorry for myself and I said okay who are you like now this experience happened to you you're a mom and the only person that was wishing me happy mother's day was the father of my daughters every every year Mm -hmm. he hits me up and tells me you know happy mother's day and that's it you know we don't have a relationship yeah. anymore we don't have that he he has his relationship i'm currently in a relationship myself and yeah, yeah. And that's all every year he tells me happy mother's day and that's i say thank you amazing. i appreciate that oh my gosh girl your whole yeah. episode is like giving me all these chills down my freaking spine <laughs> oh my gosh that is amazing because so many people break up you know because like your situation they were in a bad place or were you know, on the road to separating before the tragedy, but 
a lot of people don't continue to have uh, positive rapport afterwards. You know, they go on and they don't ever see or speak to each other again, you know, or they run yeah. into each other and stuff. So that is amazing, amazing. And that says a lot about him and his, probably his growth too as a man and where he is in his life because he can do that and he can do that without, you know, um, without there being any negativity. You know, that's amazing that you guys can do that and connect you know, because you guys are still, y'all still share daughters at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just, oh, yeah. that's amazing. That is true. I'm, gl I'm glad that you, that you see it that way because other people will probably be like, you know, that didn't happen. You guys broke up. That's it. Forget about it. I'm like, no, it's not, it's, it's not about that. Cause it's not about us anymore. It's about that. We had two daughters and yeah. it's something that nobody can take away from it. That's mm -mm. our connection. Mm -mm. Because mm -mm. yeah. either way, if if the, it, because if the if your twins had survived, you guys would still have to co-parent. So yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So that's amazing. And I didn't, and I didn't doubt that he was going to be a phenomenal father. That's one thing that I could never could ever take away from him because he's he's a great person. It's just that he wasn't the person for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But um, I, yeah. I I hope that that my story re really resonates with some people out there that have experienced stillbirth. It's a horrible thing. And I know that I, c I wish I can tell everybody here that's listening that, Hey, this is something that you're going to get over. It's not something you get over. It just becomes easier for you mm -hmm. to cope as the time goes by, as much as that you invest in yourself and, and realize that, listen, this is something that happened to you, but it's not you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's a that's a fantastic point that you, a couple of points that you made, and I was getting ready to ask you, you know, some advice for other people coping. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. If any, if there's anything else you want to say to help somebody else, you can go ahead and um, give it to them. And you know, I think that because you went to that 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 group for parents of tragic losses. I think that was your grandmother. I think that was your girls, and I think that was the creator just in the universe, just showing you that look. You suffered a tragic loss, but what will you do in their legacy? You know what I mean? What will you do to turn that negative situation into positivity? And um, yeah, that's powerful. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. Like I I don't know if this experience changed my whole idea of becoming a mom again. Mm -hmm. But it it scared the shit out of me. So I'm just like. I don't know if I want to be a mom again. I don't know if I want to go through that again because it's just, just that little percentage that it can happen again scares the shit out of me. Yeah. It scares me. But at the same time, I, I, like, I have my days. Like some days I'm like, I want to be a mom again. I, I, I want to I experience this. Yeah. I want to have someone that looks like me and calls me mommy. I would love that. But then some other days it's like, no, 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 no. No, yeah. I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't even want to go there. Yeah, I, I deal with the same thing. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. I didn't suffer any losses like you did, but going through infertility again and then having my son prematurely at 24 weeks, I, I get it. I get it. Wow. I definitely, um, I definitely, yeah, it's a lot. And um, there's a lot of women that feel that way that I've spoken to on Instagram about going through infertility again if they had one successful pregnancy through IVF or anything. And they say that all the time, like, I don't know if I want to do this again, like emotionally, physically, spiritually, like, can I do this again? And the fear sets in, but I think that we have to move from fear and find 
if it could be at the end of the day, I can tell that it's your desire to have children. So we have to find, <laughs> we have to find a way to get past fear, whether it's just jumping out there when you're ready to start a family or whether it's going back to therapy and seeing if, if they have any tips for coping with the fear that you have. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And then for me, it's like, you know, I also have so many things that I want to accomplish before that because yeah. I, I also want to be prepared. And I know that you can't prepare for, for parenthood or anything like that. It's something that just comes. But I want to be able to be prepared enough to be like, okay, now this is my new experience. This is what I'm going to do. Okay, I got my job situation. My money's right. Everything's great. Okay, this is the time. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just getting older. So it's like, oh, do I do it now? Do I do it later? And I'm just, that's what I'm going through now. Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out if the next, if, if I really do genuinely want to be a, a parent. Yeah. 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 But you know what? You'll know. You'll know when you're at peace with whatever happens next in that area of your life as far as parenthood. And you know, maybe now is not the time, you know, you still got a little bit of living to do, maybe some things at work that you'd like to accomplish. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. because The podcast is coming out. Yeah. Nelly's podcast. Yes. You guys don't forget about it. How do I explain this shit to my mom? I know it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Nelly, um, Nelly was on her best behavior today. Trust me guys, because she is, <laughs> she is hilarious. I'm telling you. So you guys got to check her out on Instagram. I'm going to leave her. <laughs> Her, her handles in the show notes so that you guys can connect with her and um, and follow her podcast when the time comes that she releases the um, the launch of it and everything. But Nelly, I appreciate you so much coming on today and giving hope and giving voice to your pain in hopes that it will touch and help heal with somebody else and resonate with them. It's, I just think it's amazing how we can all connect on social media now from different walks. Isn't life. it awesome? It's awesome. Like, I'm so glad that I was able to meet you and talk to you. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. For everybody that's listening, um, just keep in mind that how do I explain this shit to my mom is a platform, is a safe platform for people to be able to share a lot of uh, whatever they don't feel comfortable talking to their mother about or their parent or their dad or their grandpa. I wanted to create that platform even for myself because now after a woman, uh, now that I feel like I'm a woman now, my mom and I, we have a great relationship and she's, uh, you think I'm funny? You haven't met my mother yet. She's hilarious. <laughs> and I wanted to do like a twist because I wanted to create different topics that most parents or family members are are ignorant about and mm -hmm. I want to be able to have it on the podcast have people that are experiencing or going through this and educate these type of parents or family or even ourselves because we we be we be ignorant so we want to make <laughs> sure that I, I want to educate people so I want to do it with a funny twist I want to do it with my personality exactly. I want to be able to have we're going to have so many great people on the podcast I already have lined up mm -hmm. and I can't wait for you guys to listen how do I explain this shit to my mom? It's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, and even on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I cannot wait to listen. That's gonna I know it's going to be funny. I know it's going to be funny. <laughs> we could all use a little bit more of laughter, especially when we go through tragedies like this. And it's amazing. I just think it's amazing. And you're such a strong woman to be able to stay true to who you are and helping and being in service and giving a platform and a voice to other people and being an advocate for mental health. Nelly, I appreciate you so, so Thank much. Thank you so here. much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.